you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Now it says we're live. Now I think we're live, Mr. I. Right, we are. Okay. <laughs> Technical difficulties are what they are. My but I think we're on now. I have an excuse you know? because I'm old. <laughs> That's, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, trust me when I say I'm, I'm right behind you. So <laughs> I saw that you, I saw that was your, your, um, you're celebrating your 75th birthday now. And so. <laughs> Quarters. It was like, man, I remember when I remember when we we gave you a 40th birthday party, surprise birthday party at the TO Westlake That's studio. Right. I mean, I remember I it was like it was yesterday. I think I had a little go, ridiculous goatee. Yeah, but the goatees look good, man. You should go oh, back to on. that. Come no, on. Hair doesn't hair doesn't grow on steel. <laughs> That's why my goes up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, um, yeah, that's yeah. Well, I'm still trying to keep my hair, so we'll we'll have to see how how that how that how that pans out as okay, I. That's okay. You're still young because <laughs> you know young. now. It, now, if you're feeling that you're old, you know that you had me. I started with you in my 20s, right? God, and that was uh, another, another lifetime ago, huh? That's correct, and I and now I'm gonna turn sixty at the end of this. Is this? Uh, oh man, that makes me feel real old. Sixty. Yeah, I'm gonna turn sixty, and I was. I tell everybody the story. I used to be the young pit bull of the studio, and now I'm the old junkyard dog. The you know old I mean? junkyard. Hey, that's not a bad moniker, you know. <laughs> old junkyard dog. Not bad at all. Yeah, that's. That's good. So, well, right, so we got people hopping on now. As it looks like we got nine, nine, ten people already. Pat Foster just said hi to Mr. Chicago. You remember Pat hi, Foster? Hi, Pat Foster. Sure, Pat Belasco. Yeah. That's correct. Pat Belasco to me. Yes, that was. I guess that was a lifetime ago too. Oh, so, God. the Chuck Norris studio. Chuck so, Norris is, uh he's eighty-one today. Uh, you guys have today. close birthday then, right? You yes, and Chuck Norris have a, a birthday right. that's very close, right? Two days apart. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's uh, he's uh, still he's still going strong too, man. It, it's 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 good to see. He's still making you know, money with see, um, he's making money with Total Gym and he still showed yeah. Walker Texas Ranger and geez. and I I think that yeah I think he's still uh, I think he's still uh, going strong himself. He probably still uses that piece of equipment. You know, I kind of remember having one of those. Uh, Back in uh, when we were in Tarzana, just, just so you know, so Kat and I were out and about and we were in Tarzana just a, a little while ago, uh, probably mm -hmm. last week. And, you know, right. the building, the our, our school is empty right now. 
It is where we wow. had our school. Yeah, it's, the it's there's nothing in there. Wow, it's uh it's up, it, you know, it's, it's up for lease or whatever again. And I told her, I, she goes, this is where you, I said, this is Starbucks used to be Taco Bell. And, right, uh, right. that, that, and, uh, I so said, Japanese I cannot, restaurant on the corner. that's right. And I said, I can't tell you the amount of time, um, that we spent in, uh, in this, in the studio, in the studio there. So, I mean, what, what's a year? What's, what year, Mr. I, did you open up that particular school? We were there. Let's see. I opened it up in 74, April of 74, across the street in the Capri Plaza. And then uh, three years later, 77, we moved it over to the Shirley location on, right on the boulevard. Because the yeah, landlord bumped our, bumped our lease up, so we moved. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, Mr. Starachi's online, Mr. I. Right. I just saw him yeah. there. He comes, he comes by, he drops his, uh, fiance, I guess, off to have her, uh, eyelashes done. And then he comes over to the studio. He used to, he used to stop off the tilted kilt. He said to get a beer, but now he decided to come and do his forms. <laughs> <laughs> he has, he has some un, unfinished business. He wants to test for fourth. He's been a third degree longer than anybody I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I spoke about him, um, from the late times, right. You know, David Starachi was, remember he was just that, that the blonde haired kid that would come in and he, he was, I keep telling him he, you're the originator of cardio Tybo. kickboxing. Tybo. Yes. You know, uh, he, 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 I remember we'd have a little radio and he'd put a little uh -huh. cassette tape in there and we would be rocking and rolling when Mr. Right. Starachi came to class. He, well, he taught on Wednesday nights and he came to me <laughs> sheepishly one day and he says, do you think I could play some music? And in those days, oh, God, we play music. <laughs> I said, well, just for the beginning of class. He goes, just about 10 minutes. I said, okay. Oh, everybody loved it. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he uh, worked their tails off. Yeah. 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 I, I remember him really well, man. Such a talent back in the day. And, and, you know, so I, you know, a lot of my students are at, they asked me about those days, Mr. I. So back in 1975, I guess, uh, you, you know, we, we just so everybody knows we'll sit and talk old times here. Like we're not even like we're sitting next to each other. Um, I know. uh, it's not as if we haven't done it a thousand times, you know, that's correct. You know, this, this COVID thing, I, I, you know, we miss seeing each other and, and me coming down there and, and uh, spending time with the students. But one thing I think, um, maybe not everybody knows the story real quick, but I thought maybe we should uh, at least uh, talk about how it came about and the very beginning on, on how you went to Chuck Norris's studio. Cause I, many people may, maybe not know that you're a college graduate. Right. And right. Um, I just graduated from UCLA. Right. So I'm not sure if anybody, everybody knows that you graduated from UCLA. I mean, that's a, right. uh, go Bruin. You, you know, <laughs> you're better than most of us and not, hardly any of us at our schools at least graduated at college. So there's I, that. Well, I, um, I could have done what I'm doing without a college degree, but it helped. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I agree with that today too. That's why I push my kids, especially when it comes to formatting sentences and, and right. how important English and everything is and, and how to format your thoughts and your words. Well, today right. you're told how to think back then. Maybe it wasn't the same way. I don't know. Um, and so well, life, life taught us how to think back then. <laughs> yes. It back was, then. It was mom, just... mom says, go out and play and <laughs> come back before it gets dark or you're not getting dinner. 
That's it. That's right. That's right. So, so anyway, so Mr. I, why don't you just tell the story real quick? You found that uh, you found out, uh, and, and how you start running, uh, Chuck Norris gyms. Why don't you, why don't you tell that a little bit? I, I just graduated from UCLA with a degree in public service, which is like public relations, uh, just a general degree. And I was offered a, a position in, um, to go for a master's degree. And I just had it up to here with education. I said, that's enough. I'm done. I got my degree. I'm done. So I was working at the time. I worked my way through college at Ralph's. I started with bagging groceries, checking out groceries, stocking shelves. Then I worked in the liquor department. And then, then they offered me a liquor department manager position, which was in those days a Krish position, union benefits, health insurance, retirement plan, nine to five, Monday through Friday, in charge of my department. And then at the same time, I said, you know what? I didn't go to college to work at Ralph's. So I let my fingers do the walking through the, uh, in those days, classified ads. I don't know if these young people know what classified ads are. But the LA Times used to have a whole big section of help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. They didn't have stuff like Indeed and all that stuff they have now. So I was, one Sunday morning, I was sipping my coffee and looking through the want ads. And there I came across a little tiny ad that said, exciting new public relations field, make lots of money and work with beautiful women. So my eyes went right to it. And there was a phone number down there. So I waited till the next day, till Monday morning, and I called the number and this pleasant young lady answered, good morning, Chuck Norris Karate Studios, can I help you? And I said, oh, I must have the wrong number. She goes, wait, 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 are you calling about the ad at the times? I go, yes, I am. He goes, she said, you called the right place. Um, did you, did you, have you trained in the martial arts before? And she started a whole series. She had a phone presentation down. She asked me yes or no questions or short answer questions all the way down to the very last two questions were, when would you like to schedule your appointment? Early in the week or later in the week? I said, early in the week, Monday or Tuesday, Monday. Would you like morning, afternoon or evening? So she gave me all these choices. Before I knew it, I made an appointment to go down there to the Torrance Chuck Norris studio. Turned out to this man named Bob Wall, who some of you know as uh, O'Hara and Enter the Dragon with the scar on his face. Anyway, he was a brilliant marketing guy and he was in charge of marketing for the Chuck Norris organization. So he had this brilliant idea to uh, put an ad in the paper to try to get recruits to make more money, to sign you up on a program and to develop management trainees because they were planning on doing a, a Jack LaLanne European health spa national chain of Chuck Norris karate studios. These young people don't know who Jack LaLanne was. But Mark, <laughs> hey, you know, a... you're old enough to know Jack LaLanne. Anyway, he had, yeah. he had a chain of health spas. And they, they took some of the executives away from, uh, Chuck knew a couple of the executives from there. So he got them to work with him. So I was on the ground floor of that position. So I went down there and they gave me my trial membership. And I, they had me sign up on a red belt program. Before I knew it, I was signing a contract. And I'm going, what? What is this? But I got to be a management trainee and training karate at the same time. So that was the beginning. I chose, I had to choose. Let's see, do I do Ralph's? Or do I do Chuck Norris Karate? I go, I don't even know what, what direction Chuck Norris Karate in. Ralph is the safe, conservative thing to do. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. And it's good for you guys that I took the chance yeah. of going towards Chuck Norris. Otherwise, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't have my, the family that I have now. Uh, things have changed because of that. It's funny how destiny works, huh? 
Yeah, that's true. I'm, I, glad. I, I'm glad I chose. Yeah, well, we're glad you chose too because you've changed. <laughs> uh, just so you know, I mean, you've changed uh, thousands upon thousands of lives, and there's been marriages. I mean, we've buried people. We've married people. Right, we've right. we, we've seen the gamut of life. Uh, yeah. We've seen the martial arts progress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, you know, maybe uh, some good stories back from from the the time. You know. You know, I told everybody that, you know, you'll you'll get an, another side of me as as I joined. But, you know, I joined because of my brother. My brother, David's the one that found you. And uh, he was getting ready to go into high school at the time. And uh, that's kind of how it all started, you know, for me. I mean, everybody knows my story. You know, my brother came home and he headbutts me doing uh, <laughs> some kind of a self-defense technique. And I said, well, that's just not going to happen. And, and, um, and then I up? ended up. And then I ended up coming in. So, you know, a lot of people, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really at home at that time. And of course my life wasn't in a direction, you know, Dave was a little bit different. I'm eight years older than my brother. So I'm already trying to learn how to be an adult and, 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 and everything else. And so I'm not really quite at home either. And you don't have a lot of money. So I'm not sure people know that you allowed me to go ahead and clean the school, just like I've done that for people. Now we, we pass that on and there's, you know, there's that story. There's a of, lot of real good people that clean the school for their lessons. That's correct. Conrad, Arcalano, and, Tiffany wing, people like that. And you know, it, it ended up some of your most loyalist, uh, people that because of the opportunity that you gave us to, to, uh, to be able to train and change lives. I can't, I can't thank you enough because if you didn't do that, we wouldn't have where I'm at today. Right. And so. And you pass it on. You do the same thing to people too. Yes, I do. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You're a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent true. And so, um, the, I I wouldn't imagine it any other way, you know, and you, you, we, you know, just like you had keys to the studio back in the day, but you know, I started Mr. I, I think, you know, I got my black belt in 1987. So I think I want to say that I'm, I started probably in the 83 area, 84, maybe somewhere in there is what, you know, I, I wish I could go back and, and look, uh, um, back in, back in the, my exact dates. I, I, back in the day, I thought, I, I don't know, Mr. I, you, I think you still test, right? You still test you have a paper and you and you're grading everybody is that correct you still yes, do it the way yes, that we, we did it. we still do it old school right yeah so people here and you know my school and i i don't know i guess i could tell you that all the, all the people that are watching that mr i is is the head of our american tonsil alliance you know he's our he's our our head uh of the founder of that but He's always let us kind of, as long as we keep with what he wants to see, uh, as far as forms and stuff goes, you know, we are all, you always kind of gave us some latitude on, on how, on how to do, how to run our school. You know, it, it's just, it's just a unique, a unique thing you've done. And because of that, you've allowed me to, you know, even myself, you know, how I've always felt back in Tongsudo when we did Tongsudo, you know, I always felt Back in the eighties, I, I just always felt that it was lacked in self-defense than reality self-defense. You know, you know how it's been. So right. I've always I never did any other arts until I made fourth degree black belt, but then anything I've ever done, I've always kind of 
came to you and asked you, are you okay with this? And you've always let me kind of filter in and we've been able to grow Tongsudo even further to what it is today because of it. So I, I, think I wanted that's, to thank you for I that. I think that's the one of the essences of Tongsudo is that it's, it's diverse. It brings in all, it keeps, we have open minds about the other martial artists who, who can, we can benefit from to make us better martial artists like Krav and, and Jiu Jitsu and things like that. Those all help in making us better martial artists. Mm. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, I think that, I, what was it like back in the day, Mr. I, I think that's a good question because when you first opened up your school, I mean, was it Tongsudo was the only only art that you do? Was there not a diversity, or is that something you kind no, of brought there, in? No, there definitely was not diversity. Uh, in fact, you were a terrible person if you trained in other arts. This Tongsudo was it. Shotokan was it. Kung Fu was it. Everybody stuck to their own loyalties to their own instructor, and you were considered disloyal to train in another art mm. when I first started. And, and everything was very simplistic. There was... There was nothing fancy. There was no weapons. There was no ground defense. It was just, you did basics, you did forms, you fought, and that was it. And it was, that's why we had big turnovers of students. And black belts never took class. I never, and once somebody made black belt, they just disappeared. I was talking to somebody just the other day about that. In the old days, black, unless you were a head instructor in a studio, you weren't, you never saw a black belt. So I said, oh, we're going to change this. And I started teaching black belts. And now we have probably more black belts and lower ranks training. So it, it worked. You know, that's correct. I do. I do kind of remember that. And then I think once I went and saw Terry Brumley and I, and I brought to you the idea of how they test every six months, their black belts. And I think we adopted what, what Terry Brumley did, which made, which made our black belts even more, well, two things that made them keep training so that they right. can grow into a black belt. Right. Because right. I'm sure you're going to agree that uh, getting the black belts, the easy part, becoming the black belts, the hard part. Right. You and maintaining, I mean? maintaining black belts is harder than that. Right. So why don't you tell me, Mr. I, because, you know, based on seeing now, when you have open diversity, like we kind of do today, right. Where, you know, I have anything that I've learned, you know, I've always kind of brought back to our art and I've, I've done what, what I do. Um, what I've done, what I've done with it in with your blessing and hopefully, hopefully made you proud that I, you know, I brought this, this area of self-defense, especially, but back in the day, do you think that, what do you think about loyalty today? Let's talk about that part of it. How do you think it? How do you think that ranks today compared to what it was? I I wouldn't even consider doing anything else without a without consulting you, right? I would I would have felt it disrespectful. You feel well, the same way I, today? I think I might think a little bit differently than well. I hope I some of your the way you feel is your upbringing, your parents. Are like that they taught you loyalty because you know you're a very religious family and you've always been loyal to your religion and your family and so i think that's part of you you were raised that way but the average person nowadays i don't know even know if these young kids know what loyalty is you know it's a it's just something they google search what is loyalty um i'm me being asian though 
I mean, I think we might have invented the, the term loyalty. You know, <laughs> in fact, the old samurai used to Could kill themselves if they were disloyal. You know, they did harakiri. You don't do that. You don't turn on. You don't. If you disappointed your master, you have to commit suicide, and that's the true loyalty. But we don't take it quite that far. But I hope that I embedded in all of my students the concept of be loyal to to your instructors, to your school. I always say that when I pass out new black belts, you know how how it's important for you to live up to those standards. And I hope that most everybody stayed. You have a group of people in in Georgia. Which I hope we're listening to. Hi, Georgia people. I hope y'all are doing fine. Uh, but they're loyal. They're loyal to you. They're loyal to me. They're loyal to the art, and they diversify too. I think I think that diversity, leaving, letting you guys go out and and do things that are going to make your tongsudo better. I think that's a concept. Make your tongsudo better. Everything you do makes your tongsudo better. So I think yeah. that's that's a loyal loyalty. Without having to force it, if you, if I had, if I tried to force loyalty on you guys, I would have some rebels. You know. So yeah, I, I would say. I, I guess you're right, and and I think you're 100 right about that. And that's the other thing, right? Either you have it or you don't. It's kind of like right. uh, character. It's kind of like that, right? Either you right. have good character or you don't have it. It's not hidden. It's not taught. It's either right. you got it or you don't. You know what I mean? You're 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 explained to what it is, and if you have it, great. And if you don't, you don't. Right. And so. I think that I think that yeah I think those are those are some some definitely wise words. I think that uh, I I don't know if you know this story, Mister Rob, but I wanted to uh, <laughs> here is from Georgia. Here's this is Stormy uh, from Georgia from Carson School, um, and uh, and she says. <laughs> We both love y'all. <laughs> so, so you do have your Georgia people on there for sure. Um, so I, I thought when I, when, you know, when I came up the ranks, Mr. Wright, when it came to martial arts, you know, I was, I was already kind of a tough dude, you know, playing sports and I was super competitive. And, you know, of course I've not lost that even, even at 60, I haven't lost that. Um, and so I think that I thought it was going to make me um, even a, even a better type of human being, right? Like even a better fighter than what I thought I was at the time. And it was a uh, it was eye opening uh, to me to see what the martial arts is, to understand what it is to build confidence. And um, do you feel that? I want to ask you what the difference you think is from what how you taught us back in the day. I mean, I mean, it was no. I mean, there's no BS back in the day. I mean, you know that for a fact. I mean, it wasn't, there was no, no disrespect on the mat or it was always yes or no, sir. And, uh, and you, you would never have a parent back in the day, kind of what they do today. Do you agree? I mean, they, I, I mean, remember eight year olds coming out of black belt testing crying because they failed the test. Could you imagine? Right. What, what do you think the difference, what, what have you seen over your 40 plus years of doing this now, the difference uh, on that? We were, I, I, I've grown up a lot in the 40s, what, seven years or so I've been in the art. Uh, I, I've changed a lot. I was hardcore in the old days because they were hardcore. I mean, it was pass fail. You messed up mm -hmm. one movement on one form or didn't block one, one step, you failed your test. And they didn't use the words, oh, you got to try again next time. You tried really hard. They, they, you failed. 
you got to do it again. Sorry. And that was the end of story. So we knew, we knew that, uh, that we were walking into the fire and, and we had to be prepared, but that made us stronger people because we knew what the outcome could be if we were um, not prepared. You know, if you prepare to, if you failed to prepare, you prepare to fail, as John Wooden said, so succinctly. So, but we used to do that when I first started. Uh, you were part of that, the pass fail. You do yes, a red belt test and when you go into the back room and uh, the ax falls or you feel happy, one of the two, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't nice, nice, nice. Sorry, we called it retest. You got to test again. And it happened. There were, we've had red belt tests where everybody failed but one. And, and Terry McMeekin was at one that passed and all the other people failed the red belt test. I remember that. And I said, after a while, like we, we get uh, Raymond Delgado's and Larry Mahler's and people like that, people who lack an ability, but have more heart than most people have and more desire and more drive. And I kept telling the panel, I said, and we used to be a democracy. We used to vote, okay? We used to go around the room and vote and got to have majority, one more than half to, to pass. And we had these hardcore people, the Tony DiStefano type people. God bless him. I, I hope he, I, I respect his <laughs> strong opinion, but he pissed me <laughs> off so much. <laughs> anyway, he didn't want to pass anybody who wasn't from Eagle Rock. So, you know, I knew that was going to happen. So uh, after I saw so many young people have their hearts broken, try their best. And I argued for them. I said, this is better than I expected this person to do. Don't fail him. He can't do any better. Oh, sure. He can come back and do better. So he comes back in three months. And guess what? The first test was better than the second test. So they decide to pass him. I'm going, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? So we stopped that. And I think that's the best thing to do. We have, I, you have your pretest system, right? Most of you guys do. And we have a, a striping system on the belts. And if you don't do your one steps right, you don't get a blue stripe. And you come back again next time. And it's not heartbreaking. If you don't do your mm. jump kicks right, then you got to come back again and get your orange stripe another time. And sometimes it takes four or five or six tries, especially guys who aren't good fighters. And they, they can't pass that sparring stripe. Well, keep doing it until you can defend yourself. And that, it may take a while, but it's not heartbreaking. Failing a test is heartbreaking. When grandma and grandpa are there, when the balloons and the dinner reservations are made, uh, you don't want to have the kid coming out of the office in tears that he didn't pass his test. So I like it way better. It's a way better feeling now. It's better for retention the way it is now than it was then. Because we lost some I, really yeah, I think, good people. Yeah, okay. we did, Mr. I, I think I agree with that you know, a hundred percent because we made the same mistake in Krav Maga when we first started it. We were so hard on people. They were so excited to pass the test, but they're like, you know, the, after it too, it's like, I ain't doing that again. I'm not doing, I'm not going through that again. Right. And, uh, so we lost, uh, a gamut full of people doing that. So it kind of, that, you know, that wasn't the best, it wasn't the best system. I think the, the striping and the pre-pass and all that kind of stuff, it, it will handle heartaches. And and now the, I'll tell you this, though, in my black belt ranks, when you go for 1.6 or 1.12, it is pass-fail. And a lot of times people, because I still think, if you, I still think there's lessons to be learned, if you agree with me or not, sir, about uh, this pass-fail. When you don't, when you're a black belt now, and if you have six months to prepare and you, and you, and you didn't do what, you didn't do the job that you're supposed to do. You don't pass that test. You're going to have to right. come back next week 
right. do it again. Right. And I still think that there's value in that because I remember these Absolutely. testing days that Brent, I don't know, Mr. Rabbi, there was a mystique of martial arts back then, right? Mm -hmm. The mystique of being a black belt, the mystique of of that black belt, of that panel when you red belt test and you had to go in the back. Right. Um, I don't even think we knew our results the day we did lower ranking testings back in the day. I don't really think. And I remember one of my tests vividly because I think you're right. What happened is like anything else, right? It became a personality thing. So if the black belt didn't like you, he wasn't passing you in the background. That's really right. kind of what went down. Right. I know. You know. That's a problem and, that um, system, right? And so I remember that happening to me. And I'll tell you who, who stood up for me besides yourself was Terry McMeekin. Right. Believe it or not. He was the voice and, of reason. Uh, you know, he, he would sit in the back and he would listen and he never said too much. Remember, he's, no. he's a man of very few words. And right. uh, I remember that was one of my tests where I was where people were going to retest me because of my fighting. And uh, I just remember him. He was the one that came out and said, uh, if there was a street fight, would you want Mark Cox on your side? And that was the question he asked. And he right. goes, because I would. And that's how I passed that test. Right. And, uh, you know, I remember that vividly, some of these, mm -hmm. these lessons learned. And so, I don't know, I just, I think that it's good for everybody to hear what it's like from the martial arts back in then, because I'm, I'm telling you, you know, martial arts today, like you see it on every corner, right? It wasn't like that back in the day. There no, wasn't a ton of schools. Right. And um, most schools were built on, if you were weak, you weren't going to make it. Nope. You know what I mean? Uh, and the problem, the problem is there. Some of these black belts put absolute standards on students. If you weren't, if you couldn't jump and kick this high, or if you couldn't break these boards, you don't pass. But that—that's everybody's different. There are some people who will never be able to break four boards with a flying sidekick. Some people will never be able to fight as well as you fight. But if they do the best they can do and they can protect themselves, well, to me, that's good enough. If they get they get some of the people like Raymond Delgado got close closer to his potential than you ever got to your potential. And now that's low potential because, you know, he was limited physically, but oh, the heart was so huge. And that really does make a difference. So that's why we decided to grade individually rather than absolutely because everybody is so different. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that is. Just really good advice because me starting in the early 80s, opening a school in 1990 after that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, starting as a ministry and then opening up a school and then watching the generations have come. Because the generation of when I opened up the school in the 1990s, those parents, they were okay with me being hardcore, okay? I don't know if you've right. seen this, Mr. I. Uh, you got Clay Pearson that said hi to you. Yes, and, hi, uh, Clay. Hello, Clay Pearson. And, Say hi and, to your family. Uh, Carson Fortner was on there. Carson, and I don't know if you I know. I think this is Hillard on here. She is one of uh, Mr. Uh, I think this is is her. That's that's uh, one of Mr. Uh, Pierce's students. But her and I have the same black belt number. She's 100. 100? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, and Rodriguez is. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rodriguez said hi. Myself Hello, and Dragon's Den. Miss you guys. Rodriguez, and lines me. Right. 
That's good. David Starachi wanted to say something. Raymond Degato worked harder than anyone I've ever known. So he was probably there. David Starachi was there a little bit before me. So um, I I wanted the students to hear. uh, I wanted the, the students to hear about what it was like really back in the day. Now, and I still think there was some good and I still think that there was some stuff that, that we've improved on. Of course there's stuff we can still improve on. We all have different personalities also, but you know, let's talk about fight class. Okay. I mean, fight class was hardcore back in the day. Oh God. Was it, there was lots of, if there wasn't blood, it wasn't a a fight class. (laughs) And I've tried to tell people this for uh, a long time. It fight class was made for fighters. It really wasn't for the think. When we did a little bit of sparring in class, that's how everybody kind of went past it because most people would not come to sparring class. They just right. wouldn't come. Right. And uh, it it was bit, it was built for fighters. I and liked it. Boy, when we did rotating. We used to rotate on Friday nights. We used to go to different schools. And even people that weren't in our alliance, like Tom Bloom and those kind of people, we went to their schools that fight night. And it was, people got a diverse group of people to fight with. It was incredible. We had to fight with Friday night traffic first and then uh, then fight with the other people. And it was, it was great. Everybody learned. You know, we stayed afterwards for a long time and told fight stories and the good old days. Yeah, I don't, I, just... if, I don't know if that would fly very well today. I don't know if it would. <laughs> well... It's it. Let's just say it's a lot different. And I think, unfortunately, as I've gotten to be older, there's a couple of things that I should have never done. First of all, I should have never went and watched the movie Concussion because that just messed up my head. OK, <laughs> no uh, and then and then uh, when my one student that got hurt in uh, with a, a serious uh, uh, brain injury, that really turned my corner of mm-hmm. you know i mean back in the day mr i mean what did we do we had little white knuckle punches and yes. uh sometimes we wore foot gear sometimes we didn't we didn't you well, know no, we no headgear no head yeah gear. we never wore headgear there's no way uh no mouth we'd wrap up yeah we'd wrap up our hands our our, right. our torn equipment with duct tape and right if you got cut with the duct tape so you got cut it. with duct right. tape i don't know what to exactly. tell you and uh so you know where we've evolved back then, but I don't know, Mr. I, I just think that I miss that old school thought process. So I don't know if it's what's good came of it and what's bad, but as you go on, as you move forward today, what do you think, uh, what do you think is the, is the best thing? What's the worst thing back from the days? Cause you were even there in the seventies, you were there before me. Let's talk about, what it was like when you were coming up the ranks. What do you think was was what's missing today in martial arts and and the failure of back then? What do you think? What, what what's the difference from back then? Uh, back then, the good thing was the simplicity of the art. It wasn't. I'm not going to say that we're diluted now because we have so many influences in our art. It, dilution sounds negative. Um, because I like the way our diversity is in, in Tantado, that we have Krav and we have Jiu-Jitsu. I'm glad we have those things. And we have elements of Hapkido in our, in our wrist grabs and things like that. So that, that makes our art stronger. And I'm glad we have that. But because of that, 
we don't get to rely enough on, if Carlin were on, he would agree with me, to work on basics, you know, fundamentals. You guys, believe it or not, I know you won't admit it, but you got strong fundamental basics. You know how to do a block, a punch, and a kick the right way. And some of mm -hmm. these black belts nowadays, if they can't do a, a, a 570 heel kick, then they're nothing. You know, but what good <laughs> yeah. is it? You're going to use that in a fight? No. So I like the simplicity of the old days because we only had to work on so many things. We had a finite amount of things to work on. And so we got really good at it. And there was no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you weren't tough, you weren't going to survive. That's the negative thing about it. The, the non-tough mm -hmm. people didn't last very long. And, mm -hmm. Or the people who were smart enough not to get, like me, I'm, I'm not you know, the most big buff guy in the world, but I learned how to not, I didn't want to get hit. So I learned how to move and be smarter than the other person, learn strategy. And that's what I try to teach my students too. You got to play to your strengths. And, and that's, it was easy to do it in those days because you either spot, you either fought or you did forms and basics and that was it. There was nothing else to do. So that's why everybody got so good at those things. To this day, the black belts of the old era, I'm going to put Starachi in that group, even though he wasn't that far. Ercolano, your brother, you, Jason, even the Flames, they were during that era, good point fighters, good basics, good fundamentals. And that's before everything else came in. So you guys have the advantage of doing old school basics training and then adding the new stuff from the other martial arts that we've incorporated in Tonkudo. So the strength right. today is that diversity. Yes, I and I agree with that too. And I think like with Flame and myself and, and this, that that has always just resonated. You know, even though, even though forms wasn't ever my favorite, it's not that I, that we, we instill those basics because I believe the basics, basics is life. I think if you agree yes, um, that not you, just you have, arts, but right. that's correct. And so when you, when you hit something uh, that's fundamental and you got a good foundation is, it's just not, it, it's, it's going to get better with time, you know, Absolutely. It, you know, Mr. Farbar says hi. By the way, he's on. I he's see on him. Hi, hello, hello. Glad so, you could join. I don't know if you remember uh, Christopher Wiekowski. He's one of my yes. black belts. I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's, I think Christopher, you're still listening. I think he's in Poland. You know, he's he's studying to be a doctor. Okay, great. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Some of our students um, have gone on, gone on to like Bob Block. Who you know, we never thought he he couldn't even get out of his own way at the beginning. He was just a wild dope smoking uh, kid when his father bought him to me. And now he's a head and neck surgeon up in the Bay area. So who knows? Yeah, I who remember, I remember Bobby yeah. really well. Yeah. He's, right. he's, yeah, they're awesome. All those guys from back then. I, I think that, um, one of the, a couple of people said here, Pat Foster and, and Tia, these are both moms. I think when I asked the question, what do you think is missing today? They both said respect in capital letters, which, uh, I think that is something that that lacks um, both parents, parents that I see that will allow us to to help develop their children instead yes. of coddle their children. Th that's a key term right there. The parents who will allow us to teach them. That's the key phrase. Right there, Mark. Very important because uh, some of the parents, you know, we teach them respect and then they go home and disrespect their parents and their parents allow it. So that undermines all of our teaching. Yeah. 
I and I, I agree with that. I think that I've always told this story too. I don't know some of the if if you know I'm a pretty hardcore dude as it was, and I remember watching uh, my son Michael play baseball, uh, and the coach told another student, "You're late. You need to take a lap." And the dad just came unglued oh, on the God. coach. What's well, not his fault? You know, that's me. You're not going to punish him for what I did and da da da. So I remember Should watching this. The, take a lap. <laughs> so I remember watching this in the stands and, uh, uh, and I stood up and I yelled at Michael. I said, Michael, and he looks up and he, yeah, yes, dad. And I said, you take the lap. You're going to do it. You're not going to disrespect the coach. So if he's not doing it, you do it. And I made my son make the lap. He'll I never forget got- that. Right. He's like, afterwards, he's like, why did I have to do it? I said, when you get older, you're going to understand why I made you do that. Exactly. You know what I mean? That was great. And, and so, you know, that's just what that, just, just what that was. So I think that, I think that's, um, what, what do you, let me ask you this. So I, I started getting softer in martial arts. When my children, when I started being a dad, of course, only dads uh, understand that, right? And and you know all the belts that we had. Now, Mister, I I don't know if everybody knows this here, but I want everybody to understand it. So we have this on 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 tape. Remember back in the day, we had a white belt and we had purple belt and orange belt. Once we got to blue, we had two stripes that go on the belt. We didn't change belts. No. Okay. We got a green belt. Three greens, no changing of belt. Just that's correct. You just stripe the belt, right? Mm -hmm. And then we went to red. Before you, before you, we had no stripes on the belt. I had to ask people, "What rank of green are you?" (laughs) That's why we went to stripes. Right. So, and so I'm looking at my belt. I'm in my office right right now because I have all of them. This is how important it was. I got my white belt. I got everything. My son's wearing my red belt now, but and you know, I changed that. And now, of course, every school does it. And I changed it because Michael's coming up the ranks. And he's like, you know, I didn't do good, huh, Dad? Because I don't get a new belt. I only get a stripe. And I'm thinking in my head, gosh, is that what every kid thinks? Do we just need to change the belts out? And then we got the belts and then the black belt club belt with a stripe in it and the whole know, nine yards, right? And I'm like, I changed everything off off uh, uh, laying in bed with my son one night, putting him to sleep. And, and it feels like he... He wasn't progressing, right? And now I look back at it. I'm like, gosh, sometimes I wish I had just kept the old ways when the belt was so worn and torn. No, and you, you know what? You got you to change. You got to change with the times. You know, <laughs> I think it's good to reward a student with a new belt. You know? So, <laughs> see, you're softer than I am now. I'm Mr. softer Wright. than you are. Of course I am. <laughs> You'll get softer when you get close to my age. <laughs> now, see, this is what's going to happen when you get grandkids. You know what I mean? That, oh, that changes everything. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, because I tell everybody this. I tell, I said, you don't, you see him, Mr. I is this nice little grandpa. He's not like that. He wasn't like that when we came up the ranks. I said, I got video of what he said with his <laughs> eyes looking down at you. Okay. And I said, uh, I said, he's not grandfatherly, Mr. I. You know what I mean? And so, I think that um, when when we did all that back in the day, uh, because, you know, everybody, 
I said there was no black belt embroidery or nothing like that back no. in the day. No. I, I said, there's no way. And uh, I, I said, that's just one of those things, Mr. I changed over the time. I said, <laughs> I'm not changing. So I'm not having it. And so and I have stripes on the belt. <laughs> Right. I said, I'm not having stripes on black belts. You know, I'll know if you're if you're a fifth degree black belt by how torn and worn the belt is, not how brand new and how many stripes you have. Right. You know, that's just been one of my hardcore things. I don't know when Michael takes over. Uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe he'll change it one day. I don't really know. He's pretty hardcore like I am, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I say that and things always change. So, you know, that's a. I think that's a <laughs> that's definitely a good. um a good thing. I'm, I'm hoping everybody understand. Um, uh, this is interesting here. Mr. I Tia says my sister who is almost 60 worked for Mr. I in his restaurant. Did you have a restaurant, Mr. I? Yes. I had the works deli right there on Ventura Boulevard near the freeway on ramp. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't. What? It's called a little cafe now. Wait a minute. I never knew you had a guy. Okay. This is something way new. How do I not know this? Martha and I would go there at 5.30 in the morning to set up breakfast. We'd serve breakfast, and my parents got there at 11 o'clock to run lunch. I'd go to the studio and teach class every day, six days a week, and only, only, only working at the restaurant on Sunday. So I was working seven days a week. But when you're a kid, you know, you had all that energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I, I just don't remember that. I mean, right. I remember taking, I remember living right by where your father used to repair TVs. Right. And I'm like, on, on and I used to bring TVs right. to, to repair for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's saying it was Tanya Gonzalez, I think she said, who worked for you. Uh, yes, we had a lot of people working for us there. I had, this is news to me, Mr. I, I didn't know this. <laughs> this is something new. This is something well, I didn't know. It was it was the toughest what, two or three years that I ever had. I was doing two things at once. That's crazy. That was before Alyssa was born. So, well, so you've always lived in in Thousand Oaks, Mister I. So let's let's talk about you know we had old time old time Tarzana Karate. How did you decide to do a second location? Um, uh, we were uh, well. Alyssa did that. Uh, we were living in Reseda, just uh, not too far away behind the uh, Karate Studio, Tarzana Karate Studio. And uh, we, you know, we were expecting Lissa and we didn't want to raise her in that little house in Reseda. So we, we Rick Oakey, you remember Rick Oakey? I do remember. Yes. Okay. Uh, he rest in peace. Uh, he and his wife lived in Thousand Oaks and they said, why don't you guys come out in Thousand Oaks to look? So we went out, came out to Thousand Oaks to look and we loved the, the suburban community. Good place, good schools, public schools that, you know, we could raise our kids at. So uh, we decided to move out here. And then um, I was looking at, I was, I was commuting to, to, to Tarzana, you know, six days a week. And that got old after a while. So I called the local park and rec office and I talked to the supervisor, Renee. And I, I said, uh, you guys uh, offer karate lessons there? I'm a karate instructor. She goes, wow, it's funny you should call. I just got noticed yesterday from the karate instructor. He's taking on a, a real job. And so he has to give up his karate program. And she says, when can you come on and talk to me? So I said, how about tomorrow? So I went and I talked to her and interviewed and I, I got that position. And that was the birth of the uh, Thousand Oaks studio. We had a little a craft room. In fact, uh, Darren Tochihara and Jerry Logan were my two of my first students. You know them very yep. well. Your uh, yes, in-laws. 
anyway, um, we, we taught in the craft room. We, we started with a, just a handful of students and we grew to 165 students in two years. So um, the, the supervisor says, you know what? Why don't you open up your own studio? You have so many students and it's overcrowded here. So that's what started. And Rod Tochihara yeah. said he started a booster club. We started looking, so we opened up the, the place in the uh, next to Albertsons. It to be a, a aerobics room for a health club. I don't know if you remember that place. I do. I do remember it. it. Like, that was a great studio. Had a locker room with showers and everything. That was the first. Uh, I remember Thousand Oaks Karate. I remember two major lessons, Mister I, in 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 this. Just so you know, this is just me personally, and I'm sure you've. You've got this. I mean, we have a 35 year relationship, you know, and um, mm -hmm. is that how long? Uh, wow. Yeah, 35 years, man. I was a young buck back in the day, but and um, to me, you still are. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I like, yeah, that's why I like talking to you, you know, <laughs> believe it or not. I think, Mr. I, you're my, well, my dad's going to turn, I think my dad turns 80 and my mom's 78. Wow. So for all the purposes, by you the can way, be my your daddy. Parents, your parents look great, by the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they are. Hey, man, they're they are warriors, man. Yes, they are, man. My, my my parents are warriors for sure. Um, I remember. Uh, there's two lessons I want to tell you about real quick, and I don't even know if you know this. Um, uh, about this, when you opened up, when you opened up to, Mister I, um, I tell I tell this story quite often on 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 me losing the opportunity to learn from some really great people because my ego was so engaged at the time I would only take lessons from you. So if you were in TO, I drive to you. I don't know if you remember you always driving yes, to TO yes. to take class. You're not, you're not the only and, one who thought like that. There was a handful yeah. of black belts that thought the same way. You know, I think a lot back on this and in, in in for as bad as it is, but back in those days I remember having some of the females around, you know, Kathy Grunwald and Tiffany Wing and stuff like that. And I just felt at the time that you know what? I'll beat the I'll beat the crap out of you. I, I I'm not taking <laughs> lessons from you. You know what I mean? I just didn't feel that I was going to learn anything, and then I missed out on some fantastic. Oh, Are you kidding me? Uh, you did miss out, right? I missed out on some fantastic basics with Tiffany and all that kind of stuff because she was super talented. Uh -huh. But my ego couldn't get past the thing that um uh. I just couldn't get past it. You know what I mean? It, 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 see, see how much you've grown up? Yeah. Well, you know, after the poor girl broke her hand on my face, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't feel good about that, man. I was like, uh, you know, she was super paranoid about fighting me. I mean, you remember that test? She's super paranoid. Don't, don't pair me up with Mr. Cox. And, and, and I did that I'm because trying. she said that. You know that. that well, of course she did. Worst, I tell everybody the worst thing this. You to me is don't pair me up with somebody. For sure, you're gonna get paired up with them. Yeah, and so I used to say, please don't pair me up with Steve Nadler. But you, I don't know. You knew that trick wasn't what it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I remember it vividly, and I I remember wanting her to do well, and. Uh, I'm trying to whisper to her, "Come on, Jiffy, just go ahead and hit right. me. It's okay. Come on." Uh, I'm not going to hurt you. Just do your thing. And, and, uh, and then of course he throws his freaking nice right straight and I duck my head down and she hits me right here and breaks her hand in testing. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I was, 
I was like, I, I felt bad, man. I felt really bad. Right. And I'm like, but my ego was so engaged back in the day, Mr. I don't even think I've told you this story before. I, I think I've since told Tiffany about this and it, it's kind of rained on me. Right. And that's why I talk to the females right now. Uh, you know, maybe you can give them a, 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 a little bit of what I say. Cause I, I tell them all, it's hard to be a female instructor anyway with a bunch of alpha male dudes. Okay. I I don't care what you say. That is not an easy gig. No, that's one of the reasons uh, why she closed the studio, by the way. Because right. And it, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's a shame, you know, and, and even my own instructors here, I said, Hey man, you're going to have to be bigger and badder and with full confidence on the mat. You know what I mean? And, you know, you have to make a, make a statement and then you're not going to get them all anyway. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, right. I, you know, of course it's not politically correct to say, uh, to say that, but you know, I'm not real politically correct anyway, so I really don't care. But, <laughs> um, I just thought so that's one thing that I, hasn't changed. I just thought, uh, I, I moved, I missed so much opportunity because my ego was just so engaged and the other thing that you did for me one time, Mr. I don't know if you, you may not even remember this, but your memory is pretty sharp. You remember when I used to come in before my black belt and I would come to day class on my lunch hour. Do you remember this? Yes. And then every once in a while you would just, I was, I was a low rank too. I, I was uh, green maybe. And you would even have me teach class sometimes if you had something to do or something like that. So I'd come in my lunch hour and I would, get ready and we had a kid that was special needs and we really didn't understand special needs like we do today mm -hmm. and i've this is a vivid memory of mine i don't know he he i think he was high he was a high functioning autistic autistic kid and i'll never forget i i came in and you go i want you to teach him today and i was so pissed about it right i'm like I do not want to teach him today, man. Okay. Why, why, why I can't teach him. He can't do this and da, da, da. And you just stopped me in my tracks and said, if you can't teach those that have disabilities, then you have no reason to even train yourself. I'll never forget this conversation. And I was like, uh, moment. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I have plenty of those. Trust me on right. that. Yeah. I had, I had plenty of Miyagi moments, <laughs> you know, I think if Miyagi was here today, he'd look at Danielson and tell him, stop being a wuss, bro. I know. Okay. Know. Because, uh, and so I'll never forget that to the time now where kids with disability have my heart like no other, you right. know what I mean? Those are two major lessons that you had for me back in the day. So, uh, you know, Carson being on here and listening to about, your special needs what was that prevalent as much as you see today back in the day mr i do you remember no. seeing that no no i don't, I don't either i don't remember you know in the old days we used to call kids hyper when they probably had adhd but there was no medication in those days they were just hyper and we had to deal with them but we didn't i didn't see i didn't know what autism was until later on now, nowadays we have three or four high functioning autistic kids training <laughs> I think it's major, but I don't even remember outside of him, even in our classes, Mr. I, anything no. as prevalent as it is today. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if it's our food. I don't know if it's, it's 
the amount of vaccines that these children get as little kids. I don't, I don't really know what know what, what this the, is today, but maybe it's the stress of our lives now. We have so much stress in our lives now. That could be it too. I don't. Yeah, know. that's I no idea. that's true. I just. You know, I wanted to ask that question too. Do you see it as prevalent as what it used to be? And I just, I don't, I don't either. I just don't see it as prevalent, man. It's, um, it's, it's a little bit depressing, uh, to see what, what you have to do, but you know, I have a serious heart for them. You guys, you know, I love them, man. The ones in, right. in I think their spirit, the ones that are in wheelchairs and just watching their spirit, trying right. to do whatever they do. And, um, I just, I don't know. It just kind of warms me, uh, when I, when I see it, you know? Right. So those were, those were two things I want to talk to you about, about my ego back in the day, not wanting to be taught by a female. Well, just because alone. I thought you're not alone. Um, there were a lot of guys that, that, that thought like that. Uh-huh. I've had, yeah. I've, I've, I've been away and like Justin would say, Oh, so-and-so came by. And I said, well, did they take class? He goes, no, they asked where you were. And they said, he, I said, you aren't going to be there. So they left. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I know. I get, I, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, um. But I'm glad you don't feel that same way now. That's the main thing. What happened then, you learned your lessons and grew up. That's part of maturity. You're finally getting right. mature, Mark. <laughs> Is that what I am finally? Yeah. Trust me when I say I got a long ways to go, sir. I got a long ways to go. I mean, every day I'm like, you know, I'm the stress of it. You know, the I want to talk before we, we have to wind this up at all, because now I, I want to talk as an older martial artist, what that looks like. OK, um, because, you know, well, you know, back when I was coming up to ranks, I was always getting hammered. Um uh, oh, his jump kicks aren't that good and everything. I'll never forget it, man. I'll be like, man, I'll pound you into oblivion, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but you, your drum, your jump kicks aren't that good or something to that effect. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, I look back on it too. I was like, man, my jump kicks weren't all that bad back in the day. No, I wish weren't. I could do those today. You know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. I mean, I'm like, I, I could do a jump hook kick and crack you six foot right in the face right. well, i mean how much do you need Only uh, with your left leg though <laughs> that's that's correct <laughs> and that's still the truth today that's still the truth today um no, I know you're <laughs> yeah i'm still a left legged kicker 100 <laughs> so that's funny um and so but as i've gotten older you know and and some things that if people don't know uh, about you mr i for as long as i can remember I mean, even back when you had your, your T.O. studio, I think every Wednesday night you did all your forms, correct? I, I still I mean, do. I do them on Thursday nights. Now you do them Thursday nights. You mm -hmm. do every form. It'll go all the way up. Even though you put in this Taji Hill and just, just let everybody know that there was a time those were not around. <laughs> okay. Uh, when so I tested for masters, I didn't have those. Now. No. <laughs> yeah. I remember your master's You barely made it through the form. You, <laughs> you, know, you had the slowest setup for Rohai of anybody testing for fourth that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my. You waved away your guys. They were going to bring the bricks out. And you went and got one at a time really slowly. <laughs> hey, I didn't think you were going to finish. It's just what I it did. It, but did I not show up when it came time for fighting? 
You did. You know, you did. and and See, uh, you always have to relate it to fighting. That's correct. Uh, you know, you need rest time in fighting. I need to rest time in forms, you know, in between <laughs> rounds. So but that's what it was. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> well, yeah, forms don't hit back. I used to hear that all the time. Bricks don't hit back. I said the man hitting them does. I can tell you that. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, I do, but my, I do I, my bag workout on Tuesday nights and I do my uh, and my chair push ups and then I do my forms on Thursday nights. Those are my. Yeah, I don't know if everybody knows about about chair push-ups, man. I'm telling oh, you that that's how we used to do chair push-ups. Remember, I remember oh we'd God. have two plastic chairs, right. and you'd put your feet on the bench, on and we'd go bench. between those two, right? And we would we would do forms together Absolutely. with you, and you're still doing it, and you're 75 mm -hmm. years old now, and you're mm -hmm. still doing 26 still doing forms it. every week, exactly. exactly. So, and that's I an Asian any, thing. Any young, I challenge any young buck to come and keep up with me. <laughs> that's. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the, the, uh, I just, I just tell everybody, man, I mean, this, this is your exercise this is what you do. And I said, it's a different type of endurance. Go try and do it and see if you see how you hang. It's different right. than fighting. It is. You know what I mean? It's, it's different it really than fighting. Hundred so, concentration, uh, no lapse of concentration allowed. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's been, and then, you know, and then see it it's it's our sons that mess things up it's when your son's the one that probably put taji hill and uh, <laughs> no, you know no, all those other ones that come on he's not responsible for that no <laughs> i can't blame Dustin last, for that <laughs> last time i spoke to him he's like we're looking at another form i'm like justin man i no 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 we talked no. we talked about it about 5 years ago i said no you know <laughs> so um, but you know, that's what we still, we still do now, but you know what, we, we still do the master's form. Uh, that's what, right. that's, that's what I feel is American Tong Shido is your form that you that can, that you combined all those idea. forms together. It was his idea. I just created it, but it was his yeah. baby. Yep. Did it. Yeah, it did it. It, it. it was awesome. So, I mean, you have some older, older people now. I mean, what's your, what's your, what's it look like, uh, for you, Mr. I, as far as when you got the older ones in class, man, and we got. You know how Tong Sudo is jump turning back kicks, all kinds of stuff, uh, uh, and stuff like that. What, what's your what's your thought on the older martial artists out there? Older? What do you mean? Over fifty? I would say what's even older? over forty. I think even over, over forty. Oh, come on, forty. Even the forties. Come on. You think the that? Kids. Well, at forty, I went through Krav Maga at forty. Forty-one right. is when I went through. Right. Now I'm going to tell Look. you something. I was every bit 41, but man, I'm telling you what, I felt like was 91 by the time the <laughs> week came over. I mean, I was getting my ass handed to me, man, for a week. I've never trained so hard. Uh, and I was like, wow, I can't. I was like, so like, what the heck, man, is, is, is but here. You know what, so, you know what got you through it? Your maturity. If you were it, 20, you might have just said, oh, I don't need this. I don't need this. But you, because you were immature in your 20. But in your 40s, you're more mature, so you're going to go, okay, I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to hang with these young guys. And your your pride and your ego, that helped you too. <laughs> well, of course. Well, listen, I had I had plenty of conversations on the way home on that 405 freeway going, <laughs> you are an idiot, and why are you doing this? Why are you subjecting yourself to this? But I had that, you know, you know how I am. I just don't have a quit attitude, man. It's no. just like. 
I will never live with myself if I don't finish what I started. I will exactly. not live with myself well. See? And so that's that's where it was. But, you that's know, Mr. People I was, have People have, when they're over 40, they have that. Most of them. That's how they made it that way. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. That's true. I think that as an based on you on you working out doing your forms i think it's a little bit more lacked sure there's stuff to do because mr i you had you had a hip replacement correct yes, you have hip I replacement hip six years ago so you had okay so you had hip replacement i had a knee replacement you've also when that jackass tried to sweep you that one day and hurt you uh my right my uh meniscus tear phil Barris, yeah. never forget him yeah I took care of him for you that day, sir. I know. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I worked you, I mean, him you over always good. Have, you always, you always have my back. Everybody was standing <laughs> in line waiting to do payback. <laughs> <laughs> this is, just, I was like, man, I'm going to rock this brother. Uh, I, had to, I had to back you guys off a little bit, you know? Okay. Oh, back man. Off so it, uh, but now I see that at, uh, you got some older people in class. Are you making them do jump kicks when they're having a hard time? Everybody do you, does uh, what they can do. Even if it's a low jump kick, they do jump kicks. I don't care how old you are. There's nobody older than me there, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. See, that's the thing that sucks, right? Is is anything I do or anything I've had anybody do, I said, listen, you, you'll do nothing that I have not had to do or I've done exactly. myself. I, I will not. Exactly ever ask anybody to do anything that I cannot personally or have not personally done. Right, and, exactly. uh, I've, yeah, right. I've always kept that, that, uh, that ego, but I'll tell you this, though, Mr. I felt for a long time before these blood clots, um, you know, after that, and I had to go on, on this medication, right. And I'm like, man, I kind of lost my, I lost my warrior spirit for a while, man. I really, it really took me back. You know what I mean? Because I couldn't do anything, right? I can't fight anymore. And uh, I just felt so defeated on what my purpose was at that time that mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I going to, you know, I'm a warrior at heart and now I can't do it. You know, I can't, I can't do that. So you, you got to turn your interest towards other things, the things you can do, you know, be a warrior in the things you can do. And you know, you that's can't lament fortunately, about you can't do anymore. I can't do that. That's, yeah, true. And, 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 you know, so when Brazilian Jiu Jitsu came around, it, it's, it's been a, that's something I can do, you know, and there's right. contact and there's competition right. and there's, right. I think that's even what I loved about breaking is just the intensity of it and, and they, right. and the, and the competition of it. And as I work with these, with the soldiers now and, and stuff like that, as they, as they start to come out of the military and losing their purpose. And I got these vets that, that uh, martial arts has given them a purpose back. And uh, it's called the Japanese have a term called Ikigai. That means you, you wake up in the morning, you have a purpose for getting up. And everybody that doesn't have Ikigai is depressed. Then you need to have that. Everybody needs to have that. <laughs> yeah, I think that I. Yeah, I think that that was. I think that's awesome. See, the, the I, I love the Japanese culture anyway. You know, they just have a, a a way of 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 their respect level, the way they. Uh, what what's it like for you now, Mister? I mean, you remember when we we were in the studio, right? 
you know, it was a privilege to clean that studio when we were done. I mean, this is where <laughs> we, we where we blood. I mean, we bled here. We sweat here. We cried here. We laughed here. I mean, it it was a pretty sacred place. So after workout hard and we would clean all the mirrors off and man, look at all the sweat in the mirrors and all that. Right. You know that I, I tried to make that the way it is today. You know, this was a few years back when I said, okay, here's a cleaning schedule. And I'd have parents come to me and say, I'm not paying to have my kids. Uh, exactly. I could can you see that you, you didn't foresee that. Huh? No, I'm not, I don't pay for, I'm, and I'm looking at them going, what lessons are you not getting from this, man? I don't understand. I know, okay. I know. Um, a matter of fact, I, I think we had, we had somebody cleaning the mat the other day, right? Because after COVID now, I mean, after every freaking class, right. we got to do all this, all this work and stuff like that. And I said, let's start delegating it to the kids. Let mm -hmm. them have responsibilities. We're lucky we even had the school open. So let's have some responsibilities. Well, I even had that the other day where one of the parents is like, well, why is, why are they, why are they mopping the mat? Why are you having them do it? I'm like, man, I just, I just want to bash my head against the wall on, right. on some of that. Right. And so <clears throat> I just, oh, I want to know if you feel that, if you feel that same way, do you see that same thing? Yes. It's uh, the way the parents are today. These young parents, these 30 and 40 year old parents, no, they, uh -huh. they don't think, they don't think like we thought when we were young parents, not at all. Yeah, I just think so, that that's a lost, that's a lost thing. So, and I don't know, I don't know if it's going to ever come back. Either. So, all we can do is do our part and teach our karate students, our martial arts students, and give them the values that we think are important. That's all we can do. And after that, we have no control over what happens at home. So, we have to learn how to, you know, accept that and deal with it. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, it drives you crazy. That's true. Oh, Mr. I, this is, you know, <clears throat> before we end this, man, because we already can go on for an hour and 10 minutes. I, I mean, know, people I don't know. really realize I can, I can sit and talk with you for a, a two or three hours about what the old days were like and, and, right. and what, what we are. But I, I think I want to end with what you always have some very philosophical ways of putting things. Um, uh, and so, you know, with all the years of experience you've had, what you've, what you've set in motion uh, before I let you have the last few words, I, I just want, well, first of all, yesterday was your birthday. So every, everybody's going to yeah. wish you happy birthday. And, uh, um, yeah. uh, and, and all the, all the guidance that you had, all the freedoms you've let me have. I'm hoping that I've done you proud as one of your, I've told everybody here now that how our hierarchy is. Cause I believe I'm like third in line of your highest ranking students at this point. You are. And, you um, and right. right. And I don't really, you know, I, I don't talk about that. You, you know how I feel about that stuff. I can't even the whole great, the, the, I don't know, man, I can't even do the master thing, let alone the great man, whatever it is. And, uh, uh, I just, uh, I'm hoping we did you proud to, on, on what we've done. I wanted to thank you for, uh, always kind of, uh, encouraging us forward, all the times you come and watch us do black belt testing. Uh, this next black belt testing is going to be awesome because Michael's actually testing and my son Daniel is actually going to get his black belt this time. And so uh, we'll seen, look forward I've to never it. seen Daniel do Tong Sudo. Never seen. Yeah. It, well, it's going to be, it's going to be something, you know, Daniel has his own journey, which I'm mm -hmm. going to do one on my son 
with an eating disorder with a man that, you know, my son's lost 115 pounds himself. Whoa. He's now an avid, he who's an avid runner, so, you know, where he got made fun of in school, he would smoke anybody in a long distance run. He run right. The kid runs anywhere from three to seven miles a day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming and I can't wait till after you get there. So, I just want to say thank you myself for all those times. Uh, a lot of lessons learned. And a lot of ass chewings. Yes. A lot of no ass more, chewings coming up no the ranks. I mean, it, uh, no yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm past that, but, uh, I think so too. Uh, um, but uh, you know, people get a kick out of me. Be, uh, I said, you have no idea the <laughs> amount of what I had to go through. I said, I'm definitely not my brother. You know, I, I make, I make joke about it all the time. Right. My brother's the good one. He's the one that walks on water. I'm the one that treads and, uh, and, uh, it's probably still the same way today, but you know, we have our own, we have our own destinations and our own people that follow us. You know, my brother's a good man. He always has been, but, um, I think that I want to thank you for being such a loyal student and, and, uh, that will always be, and I can't ask for anything, any more loyalty than you, Sean, after all, all the, the things we've gone through, rough times. Good. We've had more good times than bad times, though. So that's the main thing. And from now <laughs> yeah, on, that. there's, there's going to be more good times I'm looking forward to. So yeah, well, I, I'm looking I, forward. I, I, I look forward I to, thank, uh, I want to thank everybody who, uh, chimed in on this podcast. And I want to thank, thank Mark for setting it up. And I'm sorry we had technical difficulties, but that's a problem of being old. <laughs> having old equipment so uh, but i'm glad we got on and got to do this thing and as mark said we could do this hours and hours and hours and hours which you have in the past you know tell stories and uh, so many more yeah. so we'll have to do it again after you've gone after mark after you've gone through all your gamut of your people you want to do put me on the list again oh you, you'll definitely be on my list we'll we'll we'll, we'll pinpoint some stuff and uh okay. and that'd be great but mr i why don't you why don't you just keep a couple last words and why don't you just give it to what you think uh the martial arts does for people now what it will do in the future and uh and and what it's done for yourself as a matter of fact and uh why don't you just end with some of your words of wisdoms before we before we uh head out okay well i think i pretty much said most of the things I want to say, but to put it in a capsule, I, I, martial arts have been, uh, is, is my life. And I'm glad I found, I found it later in life, I guess at 24, that's later in life nowadays. Uh, that's when I found it, but, uh, I've had more of my life as a martial artist than not. So it's a very important part. And the lessons that I have learned and the, the feelings that I have and the people that I have met, um, I hope that I've imparted into my students and my students. students. I think now we have three generations of students going on. Uh, I'm teaching the grandchildren of some of my students now. So that's that's very rewarding to me that those people would still remember me and come back to me and, and let, let us know. My son is training them because, you know, my son is a fine instructor and a great martial artist. My son is better than I ever was. So I'm. Uh, that's a sign of a good instructor, Mark. If you can teach your students to be better than you, then you're a good instructor. And that's, that's yeah. egoless, egoless. Yes. Cause these instructors yes. who don't want their students to be as good as them, they don't get it. They don't get it at all. We want our students to thrive. And I hope that everybody understands that we want to impart the old school philosophies of the martial arts about respect and loyalty and 
self-control and everything, but we want to keep it modern and move forward and be looking for ways to make our, our art better and to incorporate, get more people involved in it. Okay. That's all I want to say. All right. That's great. I think, I think that's true, Mr. I about, um, I've told my students this before. I said, as an instructor, we get, you know, I'm here. And as you continue going, you know, it, I might get to be here as you guys get to be here pretty soon. Uh, we are on um, the same level. They're almost not my students as much as they're my now my training partners. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, I mean. and I've got students like that now, you know, that, that, are my training partners now. They're not just my students. They'll, they'll always look at me as their instructor, but their heads and tails above some of the stuff I can do at this right. point, even myself. And so now, now, now look, I, I built all these, all these training partners for, um, for, for myself. And I get to right. have a different relationship with them. It, it's, right. it's, it's a different relationship with them. I, they're going to get my life experience and things that I do, but as far as the training part goes, it's just been an awesome time. So well, that's the way yeah, this is, be. this has been an, you know, and it's, uh, awesome. it, it's been, it's been great, man. Uh, this was an, uh, an awesome podcast. Everybody's looking forward to it. So I'm glad we were able to get online. I will yeah. definitely have you again here in the future. And we'll, uh, we'll pinpoint some other stuff to talk about and, okay. uh, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. All, All right. right. Very good. All right. We'll oh, hey, Mr. I, if yes. anybody wants to know how to get a hold of you, I mean, are, are you under Dennis Ichikawa, both on Facebook and, and Instagram, yes. or are you on yes. T.O. Westlake yes. Karate? Okay. Uh, Dennis Ichikawa, just uh, my name on Facebook or messaging or whatever. Uh-huh. So if anybody wants to, uh, uh, if anybody wants to uh, get a hold of you or go befriend you or something like that. You're more than welcome. He's, he's always got stories about Mark Cox. So if you're a student of mine, <laughs> uh, you're going to hear all kinds of okay. whatever. And so, uh, but okay. <laughs> so Tanya just hopped on Mr. I'd says my first boss from the deli way back from 1980, small world. My niece takes classes at your studio. This is, uh, it said she, her niece takes classes at my studio, but this was your employee back in the day. Right. That's something new. I didn't know about you today. Right. So, now you know. okay, everybody. <laughs> so all right. See you, man. Bye, Mr. Okay. I. You've been listening to real talk with Mark Cox, real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.